0: welcome to the reptile gumbo podcast this is episode 88 i'm pretty sure i went back and listened to our episode last week and i'm pretty sure i said episode 47 (laughs) instead of 87 uh it was definitely 87, in case anybody was wondering. I, I'm sure no one gave two shits, but I noticed it. But we're on episode 88, and we're on, again, on our, our rotating uh, co-host this this week. We've got Rachel, because Katie's spending time with our daughter being a mom. Someone's got to be a parent around here. and
1: It's definitely not you. It wasn't
0: going to be me, so,
2: uh, so Katie's doing it. Uh, well, we moved to today because I had to go be a good son last night. Yeah. And uh, did a surprise birthday dinner for my mom with like 40 people, and she was completely surprised. Was she happy about it? She was very happy about Sometimes it. Sometimes people were surprised and not happy. Oh, no. Two she, different things. she loved it. Okay. And then next week, we're
0: also on oh, Wednesday. Wednesday. So, anybody listening, next week, we're also on Wednesday. Uh, I probably got to find out a guest for that at some point, yep. too. Last oh, week was 87. 87. So, yes, yeah, so they're on 88. So, uh, Rachel, we may need you next week also. That's fine. Okay.
1: Yeah, we're moving it because of Lily. It's her birthday on Tuesday. Something so. kids
0: ruin everything. Sorry. <laughs> oh, damn. Anyways, so we are next Wednesday. Uh, and you'll know, you'll probably know what our next go, uh, guest is when I know our next guest. Because at this point, I don't know. I planned Hottoberfest. Yeah. If you want to be on the show, get with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of horrid at this point. Uh, but I planned Hottoberfest. This is our last episode of Hottoberfest. I'm super excited. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute because I'm to get through all of our sponsors. So we don't have Katie here for uh But... Uh, do you, do you want to do the
1: if you give them to me in enough advance so I actually know? I don't even have
0: need. them. She's just, it's in her phone, saving it. I know it with if you're looking for a high quality PVC rack. Something, something,
2: something, Lone Star Reptile Dot com. Dot com. Good enough. Yeah. Lone Star Reptile Racks. If you listen to this regularly and you don't know who all this is <laughs> <you're- laughs>
0: Robert. Just just contact Robert and bother him. Yeah. Oh look, my mushrooms are growing again. I know I talked about it last week, but uh they died. And now they're going again.
1: Dude, Logan's are going crazy in his wine.
0: He's got mushrooms in his ice pods. Well, we got him from you. Uh, see, it's the dirt though. We, we all got the dirt from the same people. Yeah. I don't know. It looks cool. It looks like uh. It does look pretty neat. It's it's fancy. So uh, but yes, Lone Star Reptile Racks, uh, Herb Reptile Shows. Uh, y'all just did a Herb Reptile Show. We did in Temple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then you're you're not doing the one in Amarillo. Because that's on the other side of the country, also in South Texas.
2: I mean, I would do it if I could get materials to build racks. Yeah, that's everybody's issue. Yeah, uh, PVC does not exist anymore. Like Lafayette next weekend's probably
0: going to be a bunch of white racks. You're going to end up seeing a whole bunch of wood racks coming back at some point. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's ugly. Metal. Metal.
1: <sighs> Got it. No, no wood. Metal.
0: You yeah, but a metal. You have to like have fabricator, and that that's a lot. We know people. But, uh, so, there's Temple, who just said that, Amarillo, and then Lafayette is the week after that, right? Yes. Back to Louisiana. I haven't been back to Louisiana in a while. Who uh, <laughs> says they have MDF? That must be Max. I bet that's Max. Is it says Facebook user? I can tell you right now, no one's using MDF. That may not be Max. It may be... Anyways, I hate
2: MDF. You've never built anything out of MDF. Sure, I have. Not a snake rack, though, right? No, I used to build speaker boxes. Yeah, so those are made to be dry. Shit, that might be a good thing to do in the next couple of weeks. Build secret boxes, new <laughs> shifting business plan. You can always sell secret. Dude, I'm right now. It's whatever I can do to keep it open. It's a. It's a, so. Uh, did
0: you want? Do you want to talk about? Since we're talking about shows, do you? Want, I know you wanted to talk about somebody who made comments online about shows.
2: Oh yeah, where's my phone? Where is your phone? I got it right here. I take it off the table so if it vibrates, it doesn't. Douglas Ray Wyatt will take a white hatchling rack. Well, Doug, the hold up on yours is the damn tubs. But yeah, you still got a week. I was
1: like, you're not the only one. Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, like you're
2: that. not the only one. I just threw myself off. So
0: I have our Facebook page pulled up. And then uh, on there, it's playing the video from last week's podcast. And I can see me and I can see you. And then I see me pick up something like, wait, I'm not doing that. And then I realize it's not live video. That's last week apparently <laughs> I forgot to screenshot let me go ahead and no, scroll a off picture of it oh I in the video I'm pointing out my new calendar the calendars now on the wall if you look behind me my Brittany gobble calendar yeah is now on the wall awesome I haven't even looked at mine yet There's, it doesn't start
2: till January so you get this picture right like, for three months for this for three months but so we might as well just get it out of the way go ahead the temple show this weekend was probably the worst show I've ever seen not do to the show itself. Absolutely. I'm about to say that. They're just people right now. Are, the economy's down. You know, anybody anybody who buys groceries ought to know that there's shortages on everything. Yeah. And that prices are up like crazy. I mean, my raw material cost is almost triple what it was this time in April. Um, So... We had a show this weekend. It was really slow. You know, Sean was pretty upset himself, obviously, because he cares about us making money, unlike a lot of other show promoters. And, uh, I mean, I could think of one other that's really good. And uh, anyway, so Sean put a post on our vendor group about that. And this guy commented, I don't know who he is or, you know, why he was even in the vendor group because he's not a vendor. I I mean, people get people join because they're going to vend. Uh, basically said that because um, he had been to one show. The one previous the one, temple show. There had been two. He yeah, got The first, first temple. One. Then he came to the second one and he was upset because it was the same vendors. Um, no one was wearing a mask. What else did he say? Yeah, but we already discussed this. COVID doesn't exist in Texas. Um, but yeah, basically gave everybody a big fuck you. Um, it's obvious that the guy's a failure himself and um how do you feel yeah just wants to come shit on everybody else and then he sent our friend chris Eaton a message because chris commented and asked him you know basically can't argue with rock solid grammar like that dude seriously just go the fuck away uh, i'm very upset i was the first one to make fun of the guy Yeah, he, he never I and never, he, never so he messaged he chris this me. long diatribe and chris asked who you are you and the guy goes it doesn't matter and chris is like no it doesn't matter now and chris goes no you're you're wrong it never mattered <laughs> Uh, which I thought was a great response, Chris. Um, but yeah, so this guy just decided to shit on the whole, yeah, the hope well, show experience based on his very limited um, sample size, and it's obviously just a miserable fuck.
0: Well, and like all shows right now are suffering. I mean, I saw some footage of shows that went on this weekend from other places around the the country, and they were like two people walking around the entire show at one point. Uh, Yeah. So a lot of shows, uh, anything
2: that involves spending money right now is really something. A friend of mine that was vending a show somewhere else in the country was like, sending me pictures like, holy shit, bro, this is bad. But it's, I don't, I, I honestly don't think it has anything to do. I know it doesn't have anything to do with the way Sean and no the other guys are promoting the shows it's just where we are right now people don't have the money to spend we October going is up and- October is notoriously a slow time in the reptile in the whole industry but last year everybody especially people who like me who last year was their first year you know doing it full time got spoiled because of the covid money yes no you more know, free covid money there was a stimulus check that came out in what mid September last year there was one towards the beginning and one towards the middle there were two of them. There was three of three them. them. That's right. Three yeah. Them. So uh, everybody had money this time last year. Yeah. Had free money basically to them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, Lana said retail in general is slow right now. I know John, our friend John Grant has said that his store, you know, it's been slow, but he's he, he's been doing this his whole life. And, you know, he's always been involved with a pet store in one way or another. And he'll tell you, he's the first to tell you that this is just a slow time of year. Yeah. And I think topping it off with the inflation that we're seeing and well what got me was uh the guy was
0: his bad mouthing of the Herp shows was that the shows are full of vendors who just want to hang out with each other, which is true. Like we want to make money. Right. While also hanging
2: out with each other. That's why right. we're all there like yeah, I don't understand that's some, not that's not a negative. Some, we don't want some fucking miserable ass I mean I've a soldier Sh- fly guy sitting over by himself. Which is no knock on our
0: black soldier fly friends no. over at uh why did my brain just went blank? It's sim sim <laughs> shit, sim shit. No, not sim shit. I got it right here. Simton. I knew I was gonna put a P in it. That was yeah, the problem. They're good people. I was gonna put a P in it. This was not them. This was not them. I was gonna. I just <laughs> want to mispronounce it. But yeah, it's uh, it's rough everywhere, uh, and it will be for a little while. Uh, I think. Uh, like I said in our private chat, I, said, I think online sales are also hurting some of the the shows. I mean, it's very big mean, yeah. stuff online, but people still like going to shows, and those numbers are down too. People just can't afford to go to shows to go do stuff. It'll turn around just takes
2: time. There's still people coming, but they're coming as a day filler, yeah um, yeah you know a way to walk around you know's
1: not purchasing
2: the non animal people who don't sell animals did well, yeah um, because you know you're walking through and you're like, well, oh, I can't afford to buy you a snake and a setup right now, but I can buy you this toy yeah so those those vendors you know do did okay this weekend I don't think anybody did great. But, um, you know, like I kept saying, you can't win them all. They can't all be June Conroe, you know, True. they can't all be June Slidell or may Slidell, whenever it was.
0: So, yeah, I, I saw that post and I was like, well, that dude's a dipshit and he's also gone now. So it's not a problem. Yeah, fuck
2: him. Fuck that dude. So anyways, uh, if yeah. he has a problem with it, he hears us come visit us next time. There's a show in temple and we can discuss it. I would gladly discuss it mm-hmm. calmly. I'll discuss yeah, it Yeah, absolutely. No, we just talk about it. We'll show you around and show you how great the show actually is. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe we can show you something that you haven't seen. Yeah, I. I it drives me nuts uh,
0: when folks go to a show and they're like, it's all ball pythons. Now, I have been to some, some smaller shows where it is definitely like 90% ball pythons. And we were like, there's nothing else there. I'm like, well, no, you just didn't take the time to
2: look on the tables, right. Where the other shit was. Yeah, because there was some cool shit there this weekend. I saw. So- oh, wait, there was that something. I had that big pine snake that was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So there, a there were, oh. Someone had white eyed crocodile skink mm-hmm. on a table. I've never seen yeah. a white eyed crocodile. Skink. Mm-hmm. I hadn't either. So Russell had some morelets. Yeah, fuck that croc. Some little ones. I'll pass. Those yeah. little ones turn into big ones. <laughs> yeah, Dude, that's, that's. I'll pass on that.
0: Russell um, can keep all that Him yeah. and his barefoot self Out there playing with crocodiles <laughs> Yeah <laughs> it's Fucking hippies With crocodiles uh, But uh, also right. uh, I want to mention uh, My brain is just scrambled. It's the different night Is what it is I planned for it last night um, Our buddies The Ruas Over at Wiregrass Exotics In Ozark, Alabama If you're over in that area Of Alabama Georgia, Florida Go visit them They're great people Get your, all your feeders there you can see their Venomous snakes Because again We're talking about Venomous stuff tonight um, and then I still got to point out my amazing sign here made by Focus Cubed because I saw a picture on Sean's thing for the new store and it
2: just shows like the little light up, like part of the counter oh, yeah. that they made for them. Well, I'm ready to he's, see that. he's not spilling the beans on what that was. You and I know what it was because we've seen the material. Um, yeah, but because, you know, I, I know that uh, um, Ashley's in here, but. Yeah, I noticed it when y'all were getting it that day at the plastic supplier whenever uh, we were out there talking. I knew what those two colors were. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And uh, the grand opening mm-hmm.
0: of the Herbs Reptile Shop in uh, Bryan, Texas is on... 13th. November 13th. November, so, oh, oh, shit, it's in like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks and we'll be in Bryan, Texas for the guys. So, yeah, we'll Chris see Chris be Eaton. Here. Yeah, Chris yeah. Eaton will be there. Awesome. And he might have Donato with him. he said sweet i don't think I mean, no one's ever met donato we just hear stories about donato so yeah. that will be awesome uh so anyways let's get to our guest because i'm super excited i actually i did the uh 2021 version of research and watched a bunch of youtube videos uh,
1: that's what i was
0: do the doing same thing i know when, I you, when you walked in on when you walked in i heard i was like oh i watched that one already <laughs> so uh i want to bring in our guest nathaniel frank from M Toxins venom lab how's it going nathaniel good how are you guys doing awesome uh I was excited to to get you on here because I'm excited to hear about uh, the whole process. I've watched several videos of people visiting your place, and we'll talk about your place in a second because the videos I've seen that newer place, you think you've moved in there with like the last year or so, right?
3: Mm-hmm. That,
0: that place looks great, um, but the whole process of venom extraction, I think, is a uh, for a lot of people is a misconception because a lot of people are like, <laughs> if, just if you get bit by a snake, you just go get some snake venom from a snake out in the wild, it would be fine, and you. Make any venom, you're fine. But uh, so, if you want to explain what M toxins is, and then we can kind of get into like the process of how all that works.
4: Sure. So we're a high volume venom production facility for uh, uh, snakes for Asia, the Middle East, um, sub-Saharan and uh, South America, and we do scorpion venoms for Africa as well. Um, we're a little unique that we're the only venom lab. Um, in North America, that does invertebrates, um, and um, pretty much we're the only ones that are doing international venom contracts right now.
0: Yeah, so y'all do uh, I'll do centipedes, which is
4: centipedes, tarantulas. Horrifying. Oh, it's fun!
0: I, like milking a it's centipede is a has it's gotta, lot of fun. Milking a centipede's got to be scary because I saw in one video you talked about you have one species that can like actually kill people.
4: Correct. Yeah, but we, we anesthetize them. And um, so you've got a good solid minute and a half before they wake up in your hand. It's a time so bomb you at just that point. Pretty quick. You just, you just got to be goddamn quick to get them it's out of It's
2: like hand. putting the pin back in a grenade, man. <laughs>
4: That's, yeah,
0: pretty much.
2: That's like, oh, just do we have a minute eat and a half? Eat it back <laughs> in. Is back it a minute and, and, and a half closer. or a minute and
0: 15 seconds? How much do we have? Oh, <laughs> um, those are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the centipedes are out of all of them. Well, one thing I found uh, in, in my mass research of watching YouTube videos, uh, the one thing I was surprised to hear you say that uh, you don't like handling is actually one of my favorite venomous snakes on Earth, and that's the eastern diamondback.
4: Well, I mean, I say I don't like handling them because when you go to face an eastern diamondback to get it out of its enclosure, um, you know, we don't play with small ones. We have some pretty big... Boys and girls, and uh, it's the snakes don't they, the easterns don't scare me, they're just incredibly powerful and can really rock your world if you're not on your A game. And um, so it's just a big, huge, intimidating snake that has a bad disposition, and but it's it goes with the territory, it's part of the job, you know.
0: And that's that's funny, he's like. I, granted I've worked with with them but I've never had to milk them which is a totally different thing shifting them from one cage to another feeding them taking care of them is completely different than having to put hands on them but I the thing that always right. scared me would be something like uh like cobras and mambas things that are fast and smart those are the ones that scare me the most or I wouldn't I might say scare yeah. but make me think twice before I'd work with them
4: right i you know our staff one thing we try to teach people and especially people who I don't know if this will be a topic that's brought up, but especially free handlers, what what we try to say is, you know, when you're doing general maintenance on your collection of venomous, typically you're not going to see those animals in their most defensive uh, stances, right? Yeah. Whereas when we extract venom, I've seen snakes do things that are inexplainable. Um, and it's... Uh, it's crazy because, you know, people don't think about that. So I'm just bringing that up because, like, my staff get to see these animals really be defensive. But when we're just cleaning enclosures and everything, it just gives them, like, extra knowledge of how that snake can turn and, you know, be difficult to work with, if that makes sense.
0: No, I get that. Totally. Like I said, I've, I've worked with, with uh, like, Gaboons and our native rattlesnakes and all and and, and – when you're just shifting them around or feeding them or moving them, they are very, they're very placid. Then when you watch something like when you're yeah. videos where you're having to grab them on the head, it's very, uh, very different reaction from that snake. Because at that point, that snake's in like survival mode, and I can imagine right. a, Never- a six or seven foot eastern diamondback is not going to be having – That head is massive on one of those guys.
4: Right, right. And then you know it's funny because you know every snake is an individual. You know, I one of our biggest easterns just lays on the table and lets us do it. You know, um, but uh, but we have others that'll you know they'll lunge right off the table at you because they know what's about to happen. So,
0: I say yeah. By by the time you've milked them two, three, four times, they they probably have an idea. Especially something like a cobra. A cobra has learned. All right, you open the tub, we know what's coming next, and the whole process. Right. Right.
4: right absolutely. You know. I mean. I, I don't particularly think mm-hmm. cobras are all that intelligent. They're just in, incredibly observant. But, um, but it's, they know that after they're extracted from, they get food and they, they do understand that. So, you know, a lot of them will tolerate the handling, knowing that there's a reward coming at the end. Um, at least it seems that way. I don't have scientific proof of it, but, you know, the majority, like our monocle Cobras, the majority of them will come out without any defensive display, not put up a fight at all, let us extract, and then the second they're back in the tub, they have a meal. Um, so, I, personally, I think they get used to that routine, and that's why they're patient with it.
0: That whole routine is also impressive, uh, because, so we'll mention free You watch people on YouTube usually with venomous snakes, and it is very much, uh, hey, look how big my dick is. <clears throat> uh, and they'll hold the snake and show the snake and then talking the, yours is within like, basically I saw everything was like 30 seconds. You get it out, you milk it, you have it back in a clean tub with food within like 30 seconds.
4: That we strive to not exceed a minute. Um, sometimes it happens, but there's, you know, my staff is exceptional and they've got tubs at the ready. Um, you know, prepped water dishes, prepped prey items. um, everything ready to go so that we put that snake through the least amount of drama um, as possible, because a lot of other venom labs won't admit it, but you know, there's a fair amount of venomous snakes that are lost in venom extraction because of stress. Um, and so what we try to do is minimize that stress by not only giving them like a long amount of time between extractions, but also um, not forcing them to bite, Um, when they come up to the vessel, you know, if a snake doesn't feel like biting that day, we're not going to force it. Um, and then, you know, also just leaving them alone because it is such a stressful process. And I don't think a lot of people, especially in the general public realize how fragile snakes truly are and, um, and how easily they can get stressed. So, you know, grabbing them by the head and, Having them bite something, they're they're fighting for their life at that point.
0: Yeah, that uh, well, and it's and it's obvious when watching uh, the different videos I saw is that you're you're not that uh, roadside attraction where you come by and you watch people milk snakes and they show you squeezing the head and the giant fangs and they hold it up to the window. Yours is very it's a, it's a business that you can watch and come in and see stuff, but it is not for show.
4: Yeah, I mean, we do our Venom shows, um, like, for our normal hours. They're on the hour uh, at the top of each hour. But it's all stuff we're contractually needing to extract from. So it's always varied. Like, some days people are seeing us do King Cobras and Gaboon Vipers. The next day they may see us doing monocled Cobras and Rhino Vipers. It, it just depends, you know, where our schedule is. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling off which it's a big part of our safety protocol people come in they don't get to see venom extractions they can see the rest of the zoo um but uh we always try in every regard to put our animals welfare first
0: that's awesome because i mean i've been to some some of roadside attraction type things in florida where it definitely doesn't seem that way it's definitely uh more show than than anything else um
4: yeah, and we like to play with the monocle cobras. I say play like an idiot, but you know, they're so, they're so attentive, but you know, I always bring out a monocle cobra cause they hood up for the kids, um, and, and stuff like that. And we have a person narrating through the entire show, you know, talking about, well, it's dependent on the age group, but you know, we talk about venom composition and where this venom goes and how anti-venom is made and all that kind of stuff. So, there is a little bit of a, a show part to it, um, but that's just again not at the, the detriment to the animal.
0: Well, Good. Uh, so you say high volume venom lab. What what constitutes you as a high volume venom lab? How much are y'all actually doing?
4: I mean, we have, we're just shy of six hundred snakes. Which there's venom labs like Kentucky Reptile Zoo has thousands of stinks um, they'd be considered you know extremely high volume too um, reptile discovery center in in deland as well uh carl barden over there but i mean we produce you know i guess large multiple gram sales would be would be how i would explain it so you know we're not selling like a normal customer, like 200 or 300 milligrams, they're buying like 10 grams of black mamba, 20 grams of green mamba, etc. cetera. So we're constantly producing just that high volume of product for our customer base.
0: Well, I think one of the most interesting things is that you're not selling liquid venom to people like that's the the, seeing the when they say grams it's it's that powdered venom right that's what you're actually selling correct uh so you're what you're watching when someone collects venom is all that liquid and you're getting rid of all the liquid and you're down to just the powder so you're really getting less than what is inside of a vial of anti or a venom when you're milking them
4: that's correct and and we also uh centrifuge our venoms because when a snake bites, this is more so vipers than Olapidae, but Viperidae always gives them tissue, sometimes some blood um, when, they, when they bite the vessel. So what we do is we centrifuge that out um, so it's even more pure of a product. And um, that's one of the reasons why we're so anti-massaging venom glands, and that's because you're just pumping tissue into the venom. Which customers don't want to buy snake gum tissue? They want to buy venom. So, so we try to really, you know, purify that out, which makes it even less than what you see inside uh, the vessel being collected.
0: So, what what's the percentage difference between what you collect versus once you run it through that whole process? Like how much do you lose?
4: Hon- Honestly, I don't know. I've never done really done the math. <laughs> like we know that uh, we know that you know five milliliters of Bothrops mugei after it's centrifuged and and freeze dried will equate to about three hundred and forty to three hundred and eighty milligrams. But it depends on the snake. So certain contracts we have that information down to a science um, but the majority it's whatever the snake is going to give and you know when we lyophilize it's kind of an unknown yeah. about how much it's just rough estimates you know
0: that's i'm still the whole process amazes me like i said it's the i've watched several times if you're doing it just how fast you grab them behind the head uh it's completely different than when you want like you watch anybody else doing it, they're just like, "Hey, let me show you the snake." It's very like they sneak up behind it and they slowly get it. Yours is right. very quick. Um, so I, I had one one of our listeners wanted to uh, basically see all your see your hand and see if you uh, you had all your fingers. Um, see all oh, your, there, you're doing better than the roadside attraction I saw in Florida. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
0: I know. I know. They asked if you'd been envenomated, and I know the answer to this. But uh, have you been envenomated? I have. It was three times. Last I heard, right? That was
4: three, three times. Three of the most largest embarrassments of my life.
0: (laughs) The one, Uh,
4: hands down.
0: The one. uh, I was not surprised by because I just I know the way the teeth are shaped. But you got bit by a stiletto, right?
4: That was the first envenomation I had, yeah.
0: Was that one of those situations where it just reached out? It kind of like, cause I know there's the ones that if you don't grab it right, they can still get you.
4: Oh, they can get you really easily. And all three envenomations, and, and we can talk about them as much or as, as little as you want. Um, but that stiletto envenomation, um, they have this behavior where when they're kind of being defensive or brought out of an enclosure, they thrash back and forth. And I had the snake out. It was on the table and I very stupidly set my right hand down very close to it. It got startled. It turned and, and my hand was in the way. The snake wasn't even attempting to envenomate me. Um, it just was more so I put my hand too close and it pushed a fang into the end of my middle finger of my right hand. Um, and that was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my entire life.
0: Oh. So, and there's no well, at the time, I don't know now, but you said there was no antivenom. So you just had to go through the pain.
4: Well, that was the stupid thing. We, we were doing a study to prove that no antivenom can treat a stiletto snake bite. <laughs> and I knew that the preliminary results of the other species I sent over to, uh, Dr. Brian, Bryan Australia, We had already known that the majority of the species, there was nothing that could be done. This was one of the last species to test. And so the minute that I saw that single drop of blood on the end of my finger, I went, well, this is going to fucking be fun. (laughs) And um, (laughs) and luckily, uh, luckily, I I didn't lose my finger. Um, I took what we call, well, in Wisconsin, in this part of Wisconsin, we call the flight for life. They flew me on the helicopter down to the southern part of the state and, um, and had me in ICU there. No, it was a $50,000 helicopter oh. ride. Mm. Um, but they got me down there, and all they could do was pain management. And um, so I don't know if you guys know what Dalat is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like way more, yeah. So the pain was so bad, they actually cut into my carotid artery, ran a line directly. To my heart, and we're pumping delight in into my heart Jeez, um, to get me through the pain of that bite Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty great pictures from that uh, <laughs> from that time. What's
0: well, just funny is like you think of all the different species you have in there, and that's not the one people are going to go. Oh man, that that'd be horrible to get bit by. Because I mean, everybody's going to think mambas and king cobras, but it's it's a different kind of thing, I imagine. Especially when there's not an antivenom, you're just having to ride everything out.
4: Right. And what was really comical was I had already been assisting poison control in the state on, on some keepers that were getting bit quite regularly here. And, um, so I'm getting ready, loaded onto the helicopter and my phone is ringing and it's the hospital asking for help to treat the snake bite victim. And I was the victim. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should,
0: I'll be right there. I'll yeah. tell you when I get there.
4: <laughs> right like god damn it give me a break (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's gonna be like all right. do I get a discount
4: yeah exactly exactly and you know with with insurance we had to laugh because health insurance covered almost 100% of that bite and what we were thinking is you know rare af like think about the poor guy at the insurance agency that like gets a claim for a rare african snake bite victim and he just went I okay, and they just <laughs> covered
0: it. He's like, "Fuck it, give him the money." That's so, yeah, is,
4: <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened here, but just it's approved. So you're like, is so, he still
0: alive? Yes, give him the money. Fuck yeah,
4: it. Give, give him the money. Yeah.
0: So what kind of venom do they have?
4: So they have a venom that's uh, full of metalloproteinase, and it just eats flesh and melts bone. Oh wow! Um, what they do, the way they evolved, they evolved to go into rodent burrows. And thrash their heads side to side. And what that does is they're one of the most volatile, tempered anim- like animals, period. They go in, they kill everything in the rodent burrow, whether they're going to eat it or not. And then they go and they eat their fill and they just leave carnage behind. So it's, it's total like predigestive enzymes. It just liquefies their prey. Uh, it's quite fascinating to see, but yeah, they'll they'll go down and kill every single pink pink that might be down there or, or whatever, eat a couple of them and go to another burrow.
0: Just a Quentin Tarantino movie in a hole. It yeah. is.
4: It, it
0: absolutely is. But yeah. I said I knew when I heard that you got bit by that. I was like, that's got to be an interesting one because I, I know for anybody out there that doesn't know their their teeth or their fangs are not like normal fangs. They they can reach out the side of their mouth and they can reach back. Like they can, Ooh. it's like if you if you hold if you hold them too close to the, he, like it's they're a weird fucking snake.
3: It's like I didn't know
0: that. Yeah, so that they're
4: terrible. They're terrible little bastards. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> well,
0: and so you talk about the the, the life flight was fifty thousand dollars. I think that's something that people out there that want to get a venomous snake should hear more of. The person that went to a show and bought a monocle cobra for one hundred fifty bucks off a table, and they're going to put it in that glass tank and put some books on top of the screen lid. All right, well, your ass obviously couldn't afford that snake. You can't afford the $50,000 flight and the helicopter to save your life on top of the anti venom you're going to need.
4: Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Let me – I might need to change my – is that wrong? No. To put, like, just put some top no, of it. No, go ahead. It's good. Encyclopedias. Okay. If you can still find right, encyclopedias.
0: Right. Not- like, I can't lie. <laughs> our first boa, we, we totally put encyclopedias on top of our first okay. boa's tank when I was in, like, first grade. <laughs> We were that guy but I'm not that guy anymore now I don't have encyclopedias so now I just put old computers on top of there
4: <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. What,
0: what are you gonna do with the old laptops when they don't work anymore uh.
4: well it's you know, it's one of those things with uh, that that people really don't get is that you know they don't understand the danger like most of most of, of the people that mentored me um, brought me in you know um, they've never been bitten. In, in 40 plus years of venomous handling. And that's because, you know, they understand the danger involved and they take precautions and they use tools. Um, nowadays it, it's like people just jump into it. And, and I don't think there's enough respect for just how seriously these animals can mess you up. And, and I always hear it from a lot of different people. It it made me a pariah in the venomous community quite a bit because people are, you know, free handling fucking mambas. And and I'm just sitting there going, do you know how quick that thing can turn and bite you and you're going to be full respiratory paralysis in 30 minutes? I mean, they just don't they don't get it. Um, That snake doesn't have a bond to you. It doesn't like you. It's
2: tolerating you. And, um, but I gave it a cute know. name, and i <laughs> yeah. it loves me. Yeah. Every time I walk by, it comes out of its hide <laughs> because it wants to come out. Yeah,
0: I love that one. It's moving in front of in its cage all the time. It just wants to be out and held.
4: It's, it's funny because I have very, very close friends that freehandle, and I'm just a dick to them about it. it ultimately, <laughs> as you should be. Ultimately, as a libertarian, do whatever you want uh, and just don't infringe on anybody else and – you know, but I try to remind them, and and to a lot of people, anytime you go on the internet and you do something stupid with an animal, you're just fueling, you just fanning the flames.
3: Yeah, you yep. know,
4: and and to think these idiots that 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 do this shit, they think it doesn't have any uh, repercussions, but um, but you know, there's. People trying to start a serpentarian in Florida and all of that free handling stuff uh, was thrown against that individual by uh, the leadership of the county and the city as reasons why they shouldn't be trusted. Yep. So, you know, you sit there and you talk your shit that it's it's your animal and you have a bond. You don't have a fucking bond. A snake doesn't bond to you. It can't. It tolerates you. And it just drives me absolutely insane. So that's my little
0: two-second rant on, on free handling. Don't, don't worry. We, we bitch about them all the time. All the time. Fucking <laughs> well,
1: <it's> like, <laughs> but know, let's keep going. <laughs> I know I would like to have a Venomous one day, but I refuse to even think about it unless I have spent a good amount of time with somebody who knows what they're doing before I bring that into my home.
2: Yes. As like should, I'm talking yes. like a year or two with somebody who knows. And we're going to move to a county where. Yeah, we be, yeah. Well, we obviously move. I can't. I need to move here. 500 yards that way and then I'm good.
1: But, you know, I want to have the correct enclosure for it and the knowledge and comfort, not comfortable. That's not the right word. The respect I need to do what's right.
4: Well, it, it, and that's, you know, that's the thing. I started out in the worst way possible. And that's what I try to, to tell people not to do. I mean, The first venomous that I was really handling regularly was a nine foot female black mamba.
0: That seems bad.
4: Um, That was how I started. So it's kind of funny, like I was taking care of mambas and cobras, but I had never, you know, handled a rattlesnake or a copperhead or anything like that. So I started the absolute wrong way to do it. And, um, and that's why I try to preach to people, you know, study and and find someone that they don't even have to be someone that's reputable just someone that takes clean good care of their animals that can teach you the physiology that makes them dangerous and how to combat it with good hooking techniques um, and and how to feed you know them properly and all, all that kind of stuff it's just like, I I don't know
0: well, it's funny you talked earlier about uh, all of folks that brought you into this that have never been bit. When I was a zookeeper, I always get asked, you know, if I'd been bit. I was like, no, I'm good at my job. Like, I know, right. I know where the bitey end is. And, and it's completely different for you because you have to go grab the bitey end. My job didn't require me to do that. I mean, and I'm not going there's, to.
4: There's no reason as a private venomous keeper that you should ever be bitten. Um, and if you are bitten, you should be embarrassed because you failed. That's right to yeah. to handle that animal, you failed to to do right in in your control of that animal. I take full responsibility for my three envenomations Those were me making bad decisions, um, and I paid the price for it. You know, um, the literally the price for it. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, people just need to think more before they buy that. $80 Gaboon Viper at at a show. And I don't want to bash the vendors either. I, I went to... Uh, I was at uh, uh, the Midwest Venom Fest and uh, went out there to to kind of scope it out and, and buy some animals. And I saw every vendor checking IDs and looking at legislation, you know, the laws for the area the person's license indicated. Oh, that's, uh, I didn't think so, about
0: that. That's... That you have to know what state they're coming from.
4: I mean, and and that's the thing. Uh, to me, it was a really responsible, venomous show. Um, but, you know, people can still bullshit and, and get stuff off of snake or Fauna, um, you know. And it's easy enough to make yourself sound like a professional. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to trick a vendor to, to ship you an animal. But, you know, anyway
0: when you talk like like we know several people have gotten bit also mm-hmm. and they'll be the first ones to tell you they fucked up like they they know 100% it was their fault and so i, I fully believe any bite from a venomous snake in in private like not as a wild animal is 100% the keeper's fault Cause Absolutely.
2: Like, well, when i got bit it was by a wild cottonmouth but it was my fault i stepped on him and i was wearing flip-flops cleaning up hurricane debris like an idiot
4: yeah. I mean, shit, shit happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a field herper, um, who was herping down in, uh, in Florida and in flip flops and stepped on a pygmy and got bit on the big toe by a pygmy, you know, I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but in private keeping I'm still a firm believer. It, it never should. Close calls aren't cool. Bites aren't cool. I agree. It's, you know, um, and we've helped treat some gnarly bites and, um, those people have continued to freehandle after, after that point.
0: Yeah. I'll pass on that. Stupid. Um, I was trying to find it. We talked last week, uh, I can't, find the, but we talked last week cause we saw a picture of someone using a, uh, a, a beaded lizard for, uh, mm-hmm. for a, like a public outreach thing with a kid. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and someone, the, the guy like commented on our thing. So he listened to our podcast. I appreciate listening. I still think it's fucking crazy. I would not, I mean, I would not have a venomous animal of any sort for a kid to hold a thing. Uh, but you, you milk beaded new milk. He um, where would you rank them? I mean, they're, obviously they're venomous. So I mean, they're hot, but I mean, how dangerous do you rank those guys?
4: I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the venom's going to make you wish you were dead. Um, but I think the worst thing is the bite because they don't let go.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, and they just keep grinding, grinding into you. Um, you know, but, but I have, uh, I do occasionally I'll, I'll do a beaded lizard or a Heal monster extraction outside of the venom lab, you know, so people can watch closer and <clears throat> excuse me. I've turned them around mm-hmm. and extended the tail and the body, to let people touch them, but I'm in control of that. Head. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, uh, that's the way I do it. I have never handed a healer or a beaded off to anyone else to hold unless they were staff of mine.
0: And that's but, um, the, the picture we saw was a small child sitting on the floor with a beaded lizard sitting on the floor in front of them.
4: Yeah, that's, idiotic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I loved you, Like what word can I use? It
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> doesn't sound as bad as what I want to say. Uh, yeah.
4: I, 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 I don't know. I, it, it's tough because again, people think they can, they can trust a lot of these animals and whatnot. And, and, um, you know, like what I always say is I have black mumbles that I firmly believe I could reach into their cage, grab them and put them around my neck and never be bitten. Um, but, those snakes can turn on a dime, you know, so can those lizards. Just one thing pisses them off. And now it's like the jaws of life. I mean, those yeah. things grab, they bite, they
0: do not let go. Well, the way you, uh, you extract venom <laughs> is very interesting because most people are used to seeing the snakes bite onto the little glass and the venom runs down. So it doesn't work with, with a beaded lizard. because I mean, one, it'll just break the glass. So you just have a beaded lizard with a mouthful of glass. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. It, will you explain that process of how y'all did that? And is that something that you learned or something that you were taught or how'd that go?
4: Honestly, it was, it was kind of a mixture. Um, my mentor had never really done them, but I had an idea about using. Um, I come from the diesel engine industry. And so my whole thing was well, if I use a pliable hose, like a heater hose, you know, like from AutoZone sterilize it and have the lizard bite it it's strong enough to hold up to the constant chewing and the venom just runs down the sterile tube into a collection vessel um and that works really 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 well and then we can just keep sterilizing it and reusing it so it's it's heater hose from a car (laughs) basically and um and uh they get their lower jaw working and those grooved teeth start delivering the venom, and uh, it just drips right off their jaw, and the tube right into the, the primary vessel.
0: So you don't think about someone milking a Gila monster, and that whole process is very interesting. They are not fangs; it seems very weird. What a uh...
4: yeah, it's their teeth. Their bo- the teeth in their bottom jar are incredibly impressive. You you have to uh, you have to really be like pretty close while you're extracting, but they are massive, uh, massive teeth. It's you can see why it bites so so painful when you get to see them up close.
0: So what's the hardest thing? Other than I don't know, you said the the eastern diamondback is very strong, but what is the is the hardest thing you have to milk the one that you're like, oh man, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> or,
4: no, if I had to go across everything that we work with, I would say assassin bugs are the biggest pain in the ass to get venom from.
0: I didn't realize you milk. Okay, how do you milk an assassin bug?
4: Very carefully.
0: You don't know what assassin bug is. <laughs> no, we can't. they uh We basically. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say. Well, Rachel didn't know what they are, and Sean, So, our, our, we have a buddy who does venomous. We call him Nine Finger Sean, uh, so you could probably figure out why. But Nine Finger Sean mm. sells assassin bugs. They're uh, they sell like five of them in a the cup. They 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 stab and like cricket, and then they eat them from the oh, inside. I know which ones they are, then. Yeah, those okay. things. Like if you get bit, if you were to get stung by one, they would. Hurt like crazy. It would burn. So, but he milks them, which I find extremely okay. fascinating. That you can milk them. We
4: basically bring them up to a vessel with a, a parafilm on it, a scientific uh, film. We do that. We get them up there, and then uh, uh, what was I going to say? We electrostimulate the protuberous, the proboscis, I should say. And, uh, and get a couple drops and then we micro pipette that up and that's how we get it done.
0: <laughs> that's very similar to how you do like uh black widows, right? You have to use electro, uh, uh, electricity yes, for those. and
4: scorpions too. Yeah. Scorpions too.
0: That's crazy. I, I, I knew you had done spiders and then you had the centipedes, but I didn't know that assassin, what, what is assassin bug venom? Is it just for research purposes? I mean, are they like, there's no reason for an anti venom mm-hmm. there, right?
4: No, uh, we can't say why we're gotcha. doing it. Just, gotcha. We're going to say we are doing it. But not it's for the him.
0: government and they're putting it in your drinking water, people. That's what he's saying.
4: <laughs> That's right. It's all, And it was <laughs> Trump's fault. It.
0: It's in that shot they're trying to wow. give you. It's all full of sass and It's part venom. of
4: Bill Gates' population control. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Helps produce adrenochrome so that we can harvest it <laughs> yeah. for children. Yeah, exactly. We, we broke it. All right um <laughs> <laughs> stop. We've said every buzzword the fucking NSA is still here, but oh god.
0: Um, so I, I asked you what what question we wanted to ask this week to our listeners. I'm um, gonna add a little more too, but uh we said uh, what did, we asked everybody what their favorite venomous mm-hmm. snake was and why, and then I also asked would they ever keep it, why or why not? um We got okay. a ton of answers. There were a ton of answers there, so I wanted to go through several of our mm-hmm. answers. Um, a lot of them had the same answer for the would you keep it, why or why not. So we'll get to that. But our buddy Drew Shoals at the, the Learning Zoo uh, said Atrox or, uh, or it's so Western Dineback Rattlesnake for everybody out there, or Timber Rattlesnake or Canebrake, depending on where you live, uh, said such iconic snakes. And I love that we're learning so much about their social behavior in the last few years. I probably never keep Venomous, but they're certainly his favorite. Uh, I like them. I, I mean, they're all right. I like eastern. I known. mean,
4: to me, you know, in Wisconsin, you know, we have two two native rattlesnakes, and Crotalus hortus are you know our primary rattlesnake here, and um, you know I can totally get that because they're they're fascinating and beautiful.
0: Are yours up there very dark? I just imagine being colder up there; you'd have a very dark population.
4: When they em- when they emerge from the dens, they're like pitch black, and then they lighten up through the season.
0: Hmm. Kinda
4: of like a kinda of like how you know we'll see like people that keep captive Australian they will see that, right? Like, like winter color, summer color type oh. of shit. I mean it's not like a, a chameleon or anything, you yeah. know. It's just <laughs> it just it just lightens up ever so much where it goes from a lot of blacks to a lot of
0: browns. They're an interesting snake for the simple fact of how much range they have. We talked to Dr. Absolutely. Green last week, and uh, because of that range, there's definitely differences in venom from uh, Canebrake here versus one in Virginia or one in Wisconsin. Um, Correct. So when you're milking those, I'm assuming you're getting them from everywhere and milking them all together so you have all of it.
4: Well, it depends. You know, we don't do the antivenom for North America, um, you know, for the Crofab or the... Uh, Anavipman, um, uh, um, or Anna Vip, as though, uh, we do it a lot, a lot with, uh, timber rattlesnake is by locality. So, you know, if we have specimens that are native here and we have specimens that are out of, you know, specific geographic locations out east, so we can give our customers, you know, do you want the heavy neurotoxic, heavy hemo, et cetera. Um, so we usually don't pull it together. It's it's determined by gotcha. what the customer wants locality wise.
0: So can you tell us which locality would be more hemotoxic versus neurotoxic? I mean, where?
4: Oh yeah, it's it, where you where they're traditionally called cane breaks. They are way more neurotoxic.
0: Oh, so down here, way more neurotoxic. We'll just shut down our whole system and we'll die. Awesome.
4: No one needs to breathe. No one needs. <laughs> it's to breathe, overrated. Right?
0: It is. Um, let's see. Going back to some of these, Alison Harris said, boom "Boomslangs, uh, because it looks rad. Oh, they're and, wonderful. And it's a highly venomous colubrid, which is pretty cool. I would absolutely not keep one. I get bit all the time from my antarisia already, and they can't kill me. That was so. <laughs> that was one of the reasons a lot of folks that honor things that they would not keep them because they get bit by the snake all the time. But and I get it. I get where they're going with that. But but in reality, you would not." Hold your boom sling the same way you hold your carpet, your spotted python. It's just not gonna, gonna happen. Um, there, there was a picture posted on our Facebook page, a Darf group page this week that I thought was really interesting. If I can find it, um, but it was, oh, there it is. It's a boom and a uh, a non venomous, I pull it up, they're like identical. Uh, amount. oh,
4: it's probably a threesops, yes. The snakes in the genus Dreops, yeah. The um, uh, I'm going to pronounce it but wrong. It was like
0: Maru tree snake. What's yeah, it?
4: there's there's Thresops occidentalis is I think the species name. They look identical to boom slings. I mean,
0: like the scale count if, on the face is the same.
4: Yeah, mm. yeah, it's it's insane.
0: That that's a really and weird there's,
4: one. oh there's there's Dreops jacks and I too. That one looks a lot like a oh. Huh? Looks oh, a lot like a Boomsang, <laughs> too,
0: but uh, I just remember seeing boomslangs. Uh, I on, you don't see any snake stuff on TV anymore. But when I was a kid, just it was, it was always it like it's a green snake in a tree. That Facebook user is Todd Autry. Oh, hey Todd. Uh, this is one Connor Roberts. This is one I would not think of a roatán ro- coral snake. Uh, they said Ooh. it's beautiful from Roatán Island. I would be down to keep and breed them if it comes to it. I don't think that'd I've be
4: ever, fascinating.
0: I've never seen a Roatan. Uh, the only reason, only reason I know how to pronounce Roatan is because I know that cruise ships go there. Yep. So that's, yep. <laughs> that's
2: all I know. Uh, wow, that's an interesting looking coral. It's all it like a mud and snake. Black. Yeah, it looks like, almost like a mud snake if the bandit came all the right, so, way around speaking it.
0: Speaking of mud snakes, I was watching Beetlejuice the other night. Uh, we, we showed our daughter Beetlejuice for the first time because as a kid, I watched Beetlejuice that's like five million times a week as a kid. Loved it. But there's a scene where he hands two snakes to the dad. One is a king snake of some sort, and the other one looks a lot like a mud snake. I can't get it to stop slow enough. And if you look online, they say it's some sort of South American milk snake or whatever, but it looks a lot like a mud we need snake. To go herping this weekend. I agree. You're not going to show, and I'm not. We'll go herping this weekend. Let's go herping. So, anyway, so that
2: was my. it
4: must be nice to be able to do that. It's <laughs> like getting down to freezing at night here. Uh, <laughs> we Fuckers. got
2: a we got a cold front today, and it got down to seventy. Ooh. Oh.
4: Oh. Oh, really? you.
2: Our low yeah. Friday night is uh 48. Yeah. It's going to be really cold. <laughs> we That's are far- we're, we're 10 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah.
0: We're in Texas. So we're it's winter is not the same. Yeah. I I'm here for a reason. I will never move north. I'm never shoveling a damn driveway in my life.
4: I'll tell you in February when we get a couple weeks in negative 40, there's there's no better way to live.
2: <laughs> what, at home? Because
0: you can not go
4: anywhere? <laughs> shut everybody up. <laughs> yeah.
0: John Peter said, did you know you're constantly dying with the timeline of two to three minutes, depending on the person, but then you breathe and restart it? <laughs> okay. I guess that works.
1: It's like, and unfortunately, we can't go to Amarillo, John. It's a supply issue.
0: Yeah. And it's that, the other side of the country. I had to deliver if that, that country is news to all yeah. The
2: customers that have pre orders today. And luckily they all understood. Supply stuff sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to some. Uh, Ryan Gossel said out
0: of all of them, it would have to be the beautiful Pit Viper, which I don't know what that is. I imagine. I don't know which one he's talking about. He says, I'm going to fucking butcher this name. Trimmer Venustus. Venustus.
4: Oh, Venustus. Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. They are absolutely stunning.
0: There's a picture of... He posted a picture of it. It's, uh, it's a very dark tree viper. But I guess... I mean, it's cool. Everybody likes what they like. Uh, oh, but he's, yeah. That is pretty. Yeah. He said he hopes to have one of those. Uh, Derek Dykstra. But uh, it's purple and green. What yeah. It is a fucking... Like, yes. Yeah, it's it like a dark red? purple. Yeah. It is a herp show snake. Oh, see, that is a young one. That's a baby, though. When they get older, that, that purple gets darker. I know everybody, everybody listening right now is like... Yeah, we're doing no great radio here, Chris. Great great radio for... Look at this picture on our computer you can't see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Derek Dycher said it's so hard to pick just one. If I had to, it would be the Emerald Horn Pit Viper, endemic to the Sierra Madres Oriental in Mexico. He said, yes, I currently have one adult female. Well, that's cheating. He already has one. Emerald well, yeah. horn, horn Pit Viper. That sounds good
4: I'll cool. give you 10 bucks for it.
0: <laughs> uh there's John Feely who's in the chat said spider tailed horn viper. Uh oh they're incredible. One. He said that's one of those ones like that that one video comes out where the tails move and everybody's like, I want that thing. It looks like a spider. Uh Mangs, so that's the uh what the the that's the man, whatever pit viper, that's pit viper, I know that one. Blue and Solaris, That's Oh, those are very pretty. Those are really pretty. Yes. Our buddy Max has a really pretty one. That's what I want. They're nice. I mean, well, they're nice because they st- they stay small, and you can set up an awesome little enclosure with them, and you can never you have to. You fuck can set them. up
4: the most beautiful bioactive enclosure for them, and they're usually really hardy eaters. Um, you know, they're just a great snake.
0: So that'd be a cool one. Uh, there's no one. Scott Wright, Cortalis horridus, hundred percent So I'd love to keep one, but my wife has drawn the line of venomous. She's supportive of my reptile. Uh, nerd them otherwise, but if she leaves me, I'll have the timber the next day. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's got his priorities.
4: Yeah, he's got his priorities set.
0: Uh, Kimberly Anderson said the main... Sh- I'm, I'm gonna butcher this. The main, main shin. Shin? Yep, that's why we always say main shin instead have the. Anyways, probably not due to permitting systems, and Florida doesn't respect keepers' privacy.
4: Uh, that's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Is I is, is I like the idea of a permit system. I do. I just don't like the idea of extreme one as extreme as Florida. And I don't like the idea of anybody being able to get something. like That's my, that's my problem. Is I sit in the area of like, I think you should be allowed to own them. But then I, I meet people and I'm like, okay, well, you shouldn't be allowed to own one. But other people should.
2: So right. That's the problem with the permits. Here's a guy who picked up a pygmy rattlesnake and put it in a jar because he said, I've never seen that pattern before. I didn't think it was venomous. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking clue what this is. Let's pick it up. It, it didn't bite him, thank goodness. Jeez. Uh
0: That's a
2: nasty little venom right there.
0: Really?
4: Yeah. It can Ooh. be quite nasty.
0: That's another one. I I do I do like pygmies. Some of the like dusky pygmies are really awesome pretty.
4: Pygmies are awesome. You know, it's just like, like uh in in a, a lot of Interviews, I always talk about how I love cotton mouse, and people think I'm a trailer trash piece of garbage for that. But cotton mouse are awesome, they are, they uh, they really are. And and I've been fortunate enough. Um, one of my buddies that uh, was at Venom One, he just retired. Um, he would get some in his backyard that he'd ship to me, and and they've kept all their banding like they're almost basically their sub adult colorations all the way up to being three and a half feet long now. Um, so I think they're awesome. They eat anything. I mean, you can feed them a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: but they've been documented eating roadkill before. Yep. So they look,
4: they're, they're like just they're smashed.
0: Yeah. I just, I can't get past the smell.
4: Yeah. That, the smell is terrible.
0: It's horrible. That's, that's the only, Today, drawback.
4: we had a group of, uh, we had a group of, uh, of students in today from from a local school, and uh, I did cotton cottonmouth today, and I can pretty much walk in the house, and my wife is immediately like, "Hey,
3: you smell like cottonmouth! Ah, it's disgusting." It's
0: it's a very uh very obvious smell. Mm-hmm.
4: Who are these people that think it smells like cucumbers? I have no I fucking know. clue. Where did that I have, what, no.
2: what I wanna know is what kind of fucking cucumbers you were are eating, eating? Rotten smelling. cucumbers, <laughs> right. I like, That rotten. shit is
0: horrible, <laughs> right? Them and copperheads, that's like you get disgusting. enough copperheads together. Oh, that is a horrible spell too.
4: I just, it really is. Well, when, cucumbers, I, was, I don't get it.
0: When I was with the, you know, I was chased by a cottonmouth. I mean, you're talking about the one snake whose like key thing for protection is to sit still and open its mouth. Chased you. <laughs> that's yeah. Like that's not what they do. Anyways, uh, Todd Schaefer said a Gila. I want a Gila. I really do. Um, he says, "No, not a snake. it's his dream." So fun. Uh, our buddy John Grant just got two. And I got to hold it at Beaumont. Yeah.
2: The uh, female. One of the happiest moments yeah, ever. super chill. And she's beautiful. Oh, God. Her
1: color
4: is.
2: Right. Those right? Especially was
4: when they get those pinks in, like around oh, the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's and stuff, pink. They're, yeah, they're gorgeous.
0: Who was it at Conroe? Jerry Salmon. The Jerry Salmon him? had one. They were
2: like. like orange. Yeah, neon orange and black. The person that bought those have already traded them to somebody else I know for some snakes. Ugh. Oh. So I'm those snakes, those helas have already moved again. What a waste. Those things were beautiful. Yeah. But oh, that's I'm pre-used that's feeling, pre
0: used cucumbers, John Feely pre pre used cucumbers. Okay, those whatever they were used for, they've started they've started <laughs> to pickle. Oh, anyways, uh, Craig, Craig, Craig Randall said gabonica, which I, I, I like. Oh yeah, I, that's my favorite venomous snake ever. Uh, said well,
4: it's interesting that he that he cites Gabonica, you know, because those are not commonly kept. Yeah. Um, you know, West Africans are a dime a dozen, but those East African gaboons, that's um, that's that's an interesting pick.
0: He said uh, it would require a divorce for them to get one. Worth it. See, this person wrote in Spanish, <laughs> so I'm fucked here. Oh, no, this is just a, a trash comment that even supposed to be on there.
2: That's awesome. Was it somebody trying to sell something? No,
0: it says something about uh, God bless you
2: no.
0: uh, in Spanish. It's gone. Uh, Todd Autry says, I own a few Aatrox, Horridus, and Veridus. Just love my croats. That sounds really dirty, Todd. If you could not <laughs> call them croats again, that'd be awesome.
4: Yeah. Uh, Shama- those, little, those little Veridus, those little, yeah. little Crotales Veridus are such great snakes to train people on rattlesnake physiology. You know, because they're just, they're all pissed off all the time. <laughs> You know, I've Which one is seen that, The seen that was, that's the, uh, the prairie. Uh, prairie rattler. Oh, yeah.
2: And everyone I've ever dealt with has been just a complete asshole. <laughs> yep.
4: yep. Yeah. But they stay small enough that it's, it's a relatively safe, quote unquote, safe mm-hmm. <laughs> venomous snake to teach people hooking techniques. But it's you know, such an adorable that's what
2: Russell caught at <laughs> Amarillo, Amarillo with the fucking to-go box
1: and his (laughs) flip-flops
2: and
0: his flip-flops don't don't do that people listening please don't do if you ever see russell catching a
2: snake don't do it the way he did it (laughs) yeah yeah Uh he had a he had a flip top to-go box not the so normally he would just put the put put it over the snake and then slide the lid under it and he got it well he had to get on the side of a cliff get the freaking lid under the snake without getting bitten by he he did it like it was like he's done it a million times because he probably, probably has but but it's still, still, still uh, do do that it was interesting
0: <laughs> uh <clears throat> sean mccarthy said mambas would love to have one but it's not worth a bite if a bite occurs i don't know what mamba black or green maybe both i do love the western green mambas with those giant scales
4: the, yeah the westerns can really be beautiful of them that uh the one we have on display in the serpentarium is mint i mean yeah. um, it, it was a wild caught specimen um, but yeah, I mean, just mint and colored And like you say, that big scalation, it's just awesome.
0: i well, a couple of years ago at, uh, Cody Bartolini's place. He had all three green Mambas and I can see the Western. I'm like, this one is by far better than the other
2: two. See, John Feely lives in, it's probably the only good thing about El Paso, <laughs> but you have <laughs> a trots. You have redis, you have, um, Lepidus out there, the banded rock rattlers. Uh, it's like a, I mean, I don't know how many species of frickin... but you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and it's hot. I spent two some uh, the whole summer out there a couple of years ago, and it is, it is. You think it's actually, hot
4: here. funny enough, you guys talk about Cody and mambas and stuff. Um, Reptile Preservation Institute is our primary uh, supplier of all of our venomous snakes that we don't need wild locality on. So Cody and Pia over there um are constantly breeding mambas and different boas drops and things like that for us um and they are two of the most wonderful people i think i've ever dealt with
0: yes i agree uh and they keep their animals better than 99% of zoos out there
4: their 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 exhibits are a thousand times better than what i put in our serpentarium um it it's it's just to me, that, that's the they set the bar um, as far as venomous well, in, in my personal opinion.
0: I love it. Their house is a bed surrounded by one giant just reptile room. That's what the house is. It's just <laughs> one giant reptile. What room. more do you need? <laughs> I don't know. I they can do. I don't know if I could sleep there because those giant black mambas scare the ever loving shit out of me. I mean, he's got some <laughs> massive ones. And I, one
4: that I got from Cody is the one that got me in September of 2020.
0: See, it was Cody's fault. He trained it.
4: It was Cody's fault. Absolutely.
0: It, it had bonded with Cody, and, uh, <laughs> That's and exactly. It, he it wanted was to go like back.
4: Its new owner. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was like <laughs> send me back to my old owner. I bonded with him. We used to sit on the couch and watch TV.
4: I actually went and uh, took that snake off the venom line and put him on display. Just because he got the better of me, so he gets to retire. So it's it's funny, like, all our Mambas that are on display are really big, and then there's, there's like, this, whatever, four-and-a-half-foot, you know, sub-adult that's, that's out there. But, yeah, that was <laughs> I blame Cody for that bite, even that, though he was, like, you know, that's a thousand-plus miles away. It's
0: at like a disfall anyway. We all blame him. <laughs> Everyone blame Cody now. Uh, Darren Watson said Gaboon Viper? I uh, said the short, heavy-bodied snake reminds him of blood pythons, and if it was legal in his state, he'd get have one. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I just I love gaboon vipers. That was that was the one non-native I've ever worked with, and I loved them before I ever worked with them. Like it's just to me, it's one of the best camouflage jobs of any snake on earth.
4: Finding them in Africa was incredible, absolutely incredible.
0: It's got to be so to hard to
4: see them in the wild.
0: Like you just got to wonder how many you walk past if you're actually out there looking for them.
4: Well, I, I, I mean, we, the same thing with puff adders, um, you know, God knows how many we walked by, but you know, we found a handful of them and, um, and it's, it's just incredible. And I am the world's worst field herper. So, you know, we, we had, uh, we had some great local snake professionals and went way out in the bush and getting, getting to see wild gaboons and wild, uh, Wild puffs
0: was pretty awesome. Uh, I always, I'd, I'd love to do that. Uh, our buddy Corey Martin <clears throat> said eyelash vipers because they're bright colors and they're pretty, but she definitely has no desire to keep venomous, uh, which is good. They definitely got to know your limitations. Uh, absolutely. Victor Lorena said South Carolina pygmy rattlesnakes with all the red oh, pigment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, he says he knows himself too well, and he would get tagged just because of a mistake. Eh, well, at least you know. Uh, our buddy uh, Ilana said zebra cobras Well you could have got that one that was loose in Texas Not that long ago that was, that was, yeah. Could have gone and grabbed that one
4: You know that's one snake that um, If I were to be bitten I would likely die immediately Well that's um, not good I'm actually allergic to that snake's venom So hmm. I can't even typically open An enclosure with a zebra spinner in it um, Without having to wear a respirator
0: Geez. Wow. So how, how did you find out you were allergic to that?
4: Well, you know, they secrete, you know, venom out in their urates and things like that. And just from years of cleaning, spitting cobra enclosures with like no protection. Cause I'm an idiot. Um, just got me hypersensitive to that particular type of snakes venom. So I can't even smell the liquid venom. Um, I get incredibly, incredibly ill.
0: That's funny. I'm over here being like, man, I can't keep dubio roaches anymore because I kept them too long. And now they make me sneeze and have a runny nose and itchy throat. And he's like, yeah, if I open this thing, I die.
4: (laughs) Yeah. No, it just, just, just if they, just if they bite me, otherwise it's like, uh, like I, I can't, I'm just tearing up and I'm coughing. I can't breathe. I, the last time that I got a bad, a bad amount up my nose, I was, like, on the ground, just unable to breathe or do anything. It was pretty fun. I recommend it.
0: <laughs> oh, by the, by the way, anybody, please don't do that. Just make sure I say that because I, I teach high school kids, and I know people aren't that smart nowadays. Uh, our buddy Ashley Howdy over at Focus Cubes at Insularis, because how often do you get to keep a blue snake? That is true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Ashley, And they come
4: in yellow, too.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. Ashley, I know somebody that can build you a cage yeah. for that. She she knows them she, she she very well. <laughs> he, he's probably right next to you right now. You <laughs> could build you a cage for that. <laughs> uh, next one was Sarah, Sarastis Serastis, the horn Viper.
4: Oh.
2: Those are cool. Yeah, looking. those are fun. Those are cool. My friend horns. Rick just had uh, some Blackhead Bushmasters born. Mm-hmm. Really. So that's a accurate. big ass snake full grown. Yeah. I know I've been in this room with them before. It's a they're, big fucking snake. Yeah, and they're another one that looks at you when you walk in the room too. That you know, they're known for being like laser accurate too. Do y'all have any bushmasters up there?
4: Uh we did. We had a large uh, old female who passed in uh twenty nineteen.
0: that's just it's a big snake with a big ass head. That's a Oh yeah. Uh, oh, here you go. It's
4: cool when they bobble, they'll bobble their head, like, up and down and side to side to, like, pin, like you were saying <laughs> about pinpoint accuracy. Mm-hmm. They'll literally twitch to get exactly locked in. It's
2: like
0: the uh, target. It's like when you watch, like, uh, Top Gun. It's the <clears throat> screen where the thing is, like, lining up and then it, just, it hits the plane. And exactly. Uh, yeah. Our buddy Megan, she, you'll agree with this one. He's strong, Piscavoris. She loves <laughs> cottonmouths. <laughs> Uh but she lives Is in a, she single. No. <laughs> no. And she lives in the same county as us, so she'll never get to own one. She can't
2: one. own one, yeah.
0: So just have to keep removing them from people's yards.
2: Yeah, she lives in a brand new neighborhood that was built in what has been rice fields for the last hundred years. Mm. And the people that live there just can't understand why they have all these snakes. Yeah,
1: yeah they don't want nature in their nature.
2: Right. What's all this nature doing it's here? magic. Yep.
0: Alright, so Dan Fox got me with some names here. Okay, hey, I know one of them. He said the tie between Bittus, rhinoceros. I know that one. Alright, that's rhinoceros viper. I got that. I'm gonna totally fuck this name up. Dinagichistradon Acutus.
4: Oh Dinagistradon Acutus. Yeah, the hundred yep. pace viper from China or the Chinese sharp nosed viper.
0: Okay, I do know that. Yeah. Okay, I know that one. And then uh Sean Gray said manchins, but so I uh I'm gonna have venomous at some point. I've one I gotta move away from here. But I'm going to have a Gaboon.
2: So we really liked it up in the Belton area this weekend. Yes. Check that out. Yeah. Go ahead. What is it? Hey, what Belton, Texas, Beltan where we're at Texas. this weekend. Oh. Uh, but I
0: want I want a Gaboon. And I wouldn't mind a really pretty Copperhead. I like Copperheads.
2: I like the Gaboons.
0: I love Gaboons. I just want a Gaboon in a naturalistic environment with a bunch of leaves, and I'll never see the motherfucker, ever, until I just put food in there. And then just comes out and eats. But I have no urge to keep any sort of uh a lapid at all. They scare the crap out of me. Yeah. I, I like my snakes fat and and slow. Like you like your friends. Yeah, fat and slow. <laughs> yeah,
1: speak for yourself. <laughs>
0: but I was looking what the Darren said I think Cape Coral Cobras are cool looking. Yeah? They are I just,
4: that's I, a good elapid to start with too because their venom is very mild there's no anti-venom for them but uh it's a mild and i mean you don't want to be bitten but <laughs> it's a mild envenomation it usually doesn't require hospitalization and they really teach you you know how uh how an elapid's body mechanics work um they're really cool things
0: i also wanted to Since we had this poll, it was funny. I was looking at uh, the October issue of Herpetological Magazine. And they had a poll about Venomous, about people keeping them, which was weird. They said, would you ever keep POTS? And of their readers, uh, 31.6% said no. Uh, 11.1% said already do. 12% said they previously did. And then 45% said yes. And I just wonder of the 45%. What percentage should keep them? That's that's the problem. Right. Uh, So... Do you own? I mean, it's. Do you own any on your own, or is everything you have at the lab? Do you have any pet?
4: I mean, everything. Everything I have is is for the lab. I mean, there's um, there's a few specimens that are, are really special to me that um that are, I guess you know, I'd quote as my own, but um, but I mean, I don't keep any venomous at home. I, I really don't even keep any snakes at home anymore um, because anything I have that's non-venomous is used for educational ambassadors um, or as a rescue because um, we've taken a lot of animals from hoarding situations. Um, so a lot of us usually don't have the best temperaments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They probably have not been held in recent time or messed with exactly. or moved. Uh, okay. And the
4: last thing I want is like some six-year-old kid to get bit in the face by a big female boa constrictor. What could go
3: wrong? So. <laughs> <laughs> nothing.
0: Oh, oh, uh, John Feely asked if my uh, my thing about them being fat and slow was a joke. No, I'm serious. They're fat and slow. I mean, I know they strike very fast,
2: but they're not going anywhere fast. Shit, I watched uh, Hayden's mm-hmm. flip over backwards to try to get her. Is that the from, strike from yes. just all fat and slow to what upside down? But I know how far they can go. True. And
0: their fat ass isn't getting across a room to me anytime soon.
4: I think you'd be shocked. Because when they decide to move, they go away from the caterpillar type movement to a true S shape. And they will fly across the room.
0: We had a. I
4: mean, fast.
0: Our setup at IZU, where we had one, was was, you had to walk into the room with it. It was on the floor. um, Which was. The first time I had to do that was was nerve wracking because that was my like on the job experience. Hey, go feed the Gaboon Viper. And you had like walk in there and go feed the Gaboon Viper just completely different than then opening a cage and feeding a snake. Uh, but I'd much rather do that than like, Hey, go open this cage with a Cobra in it. Like I just, and I've never worked right. with Cobras, but I've just, I've talked to some people. I just, it worries me. Uh, even though people talk about how, how, uh, how, you know, kind of how a Cobra is going to act. Like they're very, they kind of do the same thing, but still they're, they're fast, faster than me because I'm fucking slow. Oh, John Feely wants to know what we consider hoarding. None of us are hoarding. Don't count. If you don't <laughs> count, it's not hoarding.
4: No, no, I
1: don't count anymore. Just,
0: just don't count them. That's why people are like, how many safes do you have? More than
2: fifty. Yeah, it's not enough. It's, it's couple of, two
1: three. I mean, I did recently count just because I was going right. to don't, clean and don't everything.
2: count. But, but it's
0: north of fifty. South of five hundred, so you're good. Yeah, for now. <laughs>
4: this particular this particular individual had uh, had about fifty five reptiles um, living in squalor. So that's where Ugh, where yeah. I call it a
0: that a horrible smell situation. has got to be horrible.
4: I just and yeah. uh, it, it was a a very res- well respected reptile person who was having some mental illness issues and, um, and so there was, you know, they needed a place to go. I ended up with, with something like 13 different box turtles alone Jeez, (laughs) from that, like, uh, 10 or 12 boa constrictors. I mean, it was nuts, nothing venomous, but, um,
0: are you, are you like but let yeah, down it, when they come in? There's nothing venomous? They're like, oh, no.
4: No, I, I'm such a little bitch about a bleeding heart when it comes to those animals. And to see the shape that they were in, you know, I'm just like, fine, let's give it a home. So we do it as often as we can. We have an inordinate amount of people try to bring us alligators all the time. That's the one thing that sends me through the roof
0: that's what the, i find so funny because I've, I've lived in in the south and so like most of the states down here have alligators so there's you cannot own alligators unless you have a permit and it's not a normal thing but then you go to some of the northern states where like you can just fucking pick up an alligator at a show and just take a baby alligator oh, 10 home.
4: bucks 10 or 50 bucks and
0: uh oh no we lost uh-oh. him well, hopefully he'll come back he has the link so he can come back <gasps> So I'll go through uh some of the hmm. stuff that got posted this week. always uh, if it comes back, I want to talk about the uh the snake bite picture. Have you seen the one of the finger that's gotten
2: shared in like yeah. 15 million groups? Uh, somebody's already sent it to me since we've been on here.
4: I don't know what happened. Welcome back. <laughs> I apologize for that's,
2: that. It's
0: fine. Don't know what happened. technology fucks up for us on a weekly basis. We're used to this. Uh Oh okay. yeah!
4: Anyone can get an alligator, and then they and then they come to us, and they're like, "Oh, it's like six foot long," uh, and we never really, you know, touched it or anything. Are you interested? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to deal with. Do you want this yeah. pissed
0: off six foot alligator?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, no. uh, the one that I was oh, so we are going to bring up some stuff. Think things that got shared on our Facebook uh, group this week, and this one got shared on every Facebook group this week. Uh, but it's kind of fitting. It was a bite from a rainforest cat eyed snake. I'm sure you've seen the picture.
4: Ooh. I've not.
0: Oh, it's uh I don't. It's this giant like blood blister in this person's finger. Like it it it's fucking gross. It's <laughs> fucking it sounds gross. Let's see if I can share it real quick. I'll share the screen. Yeah, it's 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 not pretty. Share the screen. You can do it. And there we go. Anybody that's watching, you can see the. It's just nasty looking, but that's a snake that uh you people would not normally consider as like oh no, it's a venomous snake. Kind of like the way people are with hognose snakes.
2: Yeah. What? <clears throat> have you
4: guys have you guys ever heard of the book? Hold on, because I'm actually in where my little reptile library is. Uh, venomous bites from non-venomous snakes. No. It's probably one of the coolest books. It was written by um, Scott Weinstein and Dan Keeler, but it's all about rear fang colubrids and, uh, and crazy bite stories. Um, yeah, I really, really highly recommend that book. Like, If, if you're interested in colubrid bites that get yeah. ugly, it's really cool.
2: That's a broadband water snake bite. Oh, I've never seen that. The broadband water snake bite wow. where I person's hands. Reese bitten by it on Friday and uh, been bitten, you know, hundreds of times before. For some reason, this one just swole up and got huge and painful. And I just got to imagine bacteria or something got in the act. I was going to
1: say, is it a bacterial reaction? I don't
2: know. It went
0: down the next day. Huh. That's weird. Because definitely not a uh, venomous snake. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I haven't been bit, so I have nothing to compare anything to.
2: I try very hard not to get bit. That's why Sean Gray, no Gray makes fun of me because I wear yeah. gloves all the time. No pain or itching. Just swollen. That's crazy. Well,
1: it's not that I'm not trying. I mean, yes, I'm careful. But uh, it's I've had multiple opportunities to get bit, though, and just hasn't happened.
0: You don't want to uh... – That's why I've seen a couple posts uh, recently in groups. Uh, people asking, what snake hook do you use? And, of course – there's 50 replies of, just don't use the snake. Just reach in there and grab the snake. Bob, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. He asked what snake hook. He didn't ask, hey, what's the best way for me to definitely get bit at some point?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: not the question.
1: We have one that I really like. I think Robert got it from Sean
2: Trimbach. What? Snake hook?
1: That one snake hook that I really like. That's
2: I love the, the shorty. Like I got it. that at a freaking very first Repticon we ever went to. I no, I
1: thought that one was different. Oh. I don't
2: know. I like the expandable one for when I go field herping. But the uh, I like that one, but SMS mom. had those exact same hooks to the show yeah. this weekend. I have
1: a long one that I know we got from Sean as well that I really like.
2: I'm, I'm all for using tools.
0: Always. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if it's venomous or non-venomous. Use a fucking tool. The, that is, that's one of those things where I've said it before. Like getting bit by a snake. People go, well, it doesn't hurt. Well, I'm sure it's not good for the fucking snake. Like It can definitely cause damage to the snake. I feel
3: like Again,
4: like any anytime you get bitten by anything like that, you fucked up. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's that simple.
2: <clears throat> yep. The last thing I got bitten by was a baby scaleless corn snake. <laughs> it was hanging off my finger.
4: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, never mind. I took a I t- I took a bullet constrictor bite, not all that long ago.
0: Where at? They get John on the arm um, or hand?
4: Uh, got me on the hand, yeah. But it was the minute the snake realized what the hell was happening, it let go. Um, that's because of the special bond we must have. <laughs> but, um, it
0: knows your smell.
4: It, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, like, my bow at least likes to try to bite everything through the glass.
0: I got bit by my children's python the other day. But I had gloves on, but uh, she bit and then latched down. I was like, these teeth may come through this leather glove. Like, I can start to feel it. Like, she was trying. So I, I was able to get the glove off. And just threw her in the cage. And then she started, like, moving. Like, she was going to eat the fucking glove. I'm like, all right. Let me, luckily, I was about to feed them. So, I went and got a mouse and got her to let go and take the mouse. Jeez. But she's a fucking bitch. I'm not. I hate that snake. I, I'm not going to get rid of it. But she's a fucking bitch. She hates me, too. Uh, oh, things on our Facebook group that I thought we were going A Japanese town helps revive rare, slippery species. The giant salamander. There was a picture of, like, these giant salamander uh, eggs. Where they're working on trying to recover the giant salamanders. If parts of Asia would quit eating all their shit, maybe they'd still have it. Right. Yeah, I mean, try and find a turtle
2: over there. Lana said she had a guy on a boa bite, bite her, and it blistered and got infected.
0: Isn't
1: that the one that happened I, that long ago?
2: I bet something like that happens because a tooth gets in there. But, I mean,
0: instantly, that's... Instantly is weird. Yeah, and blister too. No, it is venomous boa. It was a hybrid. Yeah, it, it was a ti- it was a titan boa. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a boa and a gaboon a viper hybrid. <laughs>
2: yeah, of uh, got bit by one of those um, <laughs> at Conroe when they were running late, and she was already in a bad mood and realized that Lily had dumped all the baby uh, uh, berms in the same thing, so I she was appreciate- having to resex them, and that one bit the fuck out of her and had a hold of her <laughs> finger and wouldn't let go. Uh, I was trying not to laugh because she was already in a bad mood. It's always funny when other people get bit. Yes, it always is.
4: Oh, it's hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious.
0: Uh, Ilana did post something on our our group. She wanted me to make sure I mentioned it. But it was a giant Katydid from Borneo that's the size of your hand, which is really cool. That's weird. Yeah, (laughs) big-ass bug. See, big-ass green bug, size of your hand. Uh, I was trying to see what else got posted this week I think that was it, Those was most of the stuff that got posted on there this week I know I had something else that I wanted to ask Oh, I know what I want to ask I just got to find them, talk amongst yourselves Ask a question, be useful Make yourself pretty
1: All I have to do is sit here for that
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> You left that one open
0: Oh I had some questions I wanted to ask and Oh, so I wanted to start asking uh, Questions to all of our people that come on Uh, general questions, hobby-related questions. And because you do care for a lot of things, it's still, even though it's a job, these questions still fit as far as hobby-related stuff. So uh, let me ask a few of these. And Nathaniel, you tell me your response here, but this should be a good one. What is the best advice you've been given since you got into the hobby? The
4: best advice I've ever been given was from my mentor, Jack Facene, who said, there's always a better way, and you should always strive to find it. There's always a better way of husbandry, better way to extract venom, better way to do all of it, and you should never be
0: complacent. That's great advice. That's really good advice. That's good advice in anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, because well, well, Facebook will show you how many people don't believe that's good advice because you'll hear the only way to do stuff on Facebook. Oh yeah. Uh, as much as I I find Facebook has really helped the hobby. God, it does so many horrible things for it as well. So think about
4: the number of people like I think about the way we used to keep ball pythons when, you know, 38 years ago when I was a kid and, you know, look at at snake husbandry today. I mean, it's if someone wasn't always striving to do a better job or learn more, we wouldn't have these incredible displays and incredible ways to provide good husbandry to our animals. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If. And we learned so much from different parts of the hobby. I mean, all these bioactive things came from frog people. Like, all the idea of, right? look what you can do, because these people with frogs do it. Uh, right. This should be an interesting one, too. What is the worst advice you've been given since you got <laughs> into the hobby? Oh,
4: f- fuck. The worst advice.
0: See, that's a harder one, because we try and block that shit out when it, when it comes. Um, no,
4: no, no, I know. Um, but I have no shame. I, I think the worst... <laughs> Probably the worst advice was the first time someone, I talked about this earlier when I was handed a snake hook and said, Get out that mama. And it was, you know, my first <laughs> time handling a venomous snake. <laughs> that's not really advice. that's, that's just fucking, man.
2: That's a
0: horrible <laughs> life lesson to learn. Here, here you get go. This. You got this. It's just a, it's just a fucking black mama. Yeah. You got it. You deal with it. <laughs> don't, uh, don't let the mighty end get you. You're good. Uh, all right. What is one tip you could give keepers to help them take better care of their animals? Whether it's something you do uh, differently or something you do it's in. So, it's,
4: so, it's so tough for me to say that because, you know, in a Venom lab, only our animals that are on display are in naturalistic bioactive enclosures. You know, everything else is on paper towel and in ARS racks and. I mean, I, still, I, don't I think really you could feel do
0: that. you can do that and still take there's still the things that make it taking care of them better. Um, you yeah, know, yeah.
4: I, I just I, I don't know. That's a tough one because I feel like one of those dumb people that really just I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> I would say you know everyone should go bioactive if you can. I think that's one thing that. It took me a long time to accept that whole thought process and and all of it, but um, it's something I've never regretted since. And um, and I think it, especially if you're going to keep venomous, it it you got your own little cleanup crew in there to get rid of urates and fecals and shit. Yeah. I think, I you know, go bioactive as much as you can with your venomous.
0: Yeah, if I'm going to do venomous, I'm definitely doing some sort of nice setup, bioactive, and trying to be as hands off as possible. It's you know, and it's not always uh, possible when you have a collection of 50, 60, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty snakes, six hundred snakes um, to be able to obviously be able to do that because at some point in space and and you'll have people out there going, well, then you shouldn't have a snakes. you Yeah, know, fuck those people. I want all my snakes. So, um, right, but but when you can, if you if you own one, two, three snakes or reptiles, or whatever you can do that. I mean, do that stuff. Don't, I think we've talked about before. A lot of people get their first snake at a show from a breeder. And then a lot of breeders give them advice on how to set up their animal, the way they set up their animals as a breeder, which is probably not the way we should tell them to set up their animal for their one, whatever it is they have. Right. So that's one thing I think we've, we've got to do a better job of trying to show the other options for that one animal. And then who, who knows? Maybe they do it that one way, and then every animal they get from that point on, they set up that way, you know, better. And maybe they maybe they'll find a way to have fifty snakes and it all be bioactive. Yeah. Uh, What is one big positive you see currently happening in the hobby? And I know it's not free handling.
4: (laughs) I I would say um, there's it looks like there's starting to be a lot of parity between the venomous and non-venomous keeping communities because I think, you know, through all the years there was so much elitism in keeping venomous. But that seems at least from what I see, which is pretty sheltered, um, that seems to be going away. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but, um, it's not like it once was in my opinion, because there's the funny thing is, is like, there's things that as a venomous keeper, you can learn from people keeping all different types of animals. Like just because you keep venomous doesn't mean you have the biggest dick in the room. <laughs> you know, um, it, you know, I, I, think a lot of venomous keepers need to, loo- well, learn some humility and, uh, and learn from, from a lot of the non-venomous people who are doing incredibly amazing things.
0: We're talking, I got, I know I got a big dick cause I bought a Cobra. I got a retig right. and a water monitor. Yeah, and I I'm bet you f- drive a fucking jacked up truck <laughs> with huge tires and I got yeah, it screams huge. I got all three of those. It's the I got a big dick complex issue snake. I, I just love folks that are like, I got a retick. Oh, that's great. What are you gonna do with that when it gets fifteen foot? And they have no plan. Right. No plan.
2: Yep. No one You don't can- need one. Like, that,
4: just I, drop it off at a rescue.
2: Drop it off at that angry alligator. Yeah, that's what happens. Happens. Yeah, half.
4: exactly.
0: That's what's like. And, and I never want to say to certain people like, that certain animals shouldn't be in the hobby because I definitely feel like just like the venomous retakes and alligators. I think alligators should be in the hobby. They're definitely not. a. My problem is, one, the northern states are the ones that are buying alligators. You can't put that motherfucker outside because it gets a little cold right. up there. So that's... Who's the one? There's the I'll one... I'll tell
4: you one good, like... Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, there's the one, was it Bubba the Alligator that, like, lives in the dude's basement? Where he decked out the entire basement. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's it's nice. It's got lighting and water and everything. But that's, like, one out of a trillion people have done that.
2: Right. Yeah, because it could be, like, wrecks that Emily and Ed have that's stunted because the guy kept it in a freaking number 10 wash tub its whole life. Yes. Up until she got well, it. Well,
4: if it's not getting... It don't need no UVB. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It'll only grow as big as its enclosure, right? It's like a goldfish. Right. right. Wow. Oh,
4: my God.
0: <sighs> we
4: we laugh, we but then you, we're I like, it's what?
0: fucking true. All this shit happens.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <true> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, actually, I actually have a, a large constrictor positive story that I can share. There was, um, we got a call from this guy. Uh, and he said, my my little baby, I, I can't care for him anymore, and um, and I'd like to donate him to you. And I said, okay, well, what is it? He said, 150-pound, 15-foot-long uh, Burmese python. And I said, okay. So he brings it down with his entire family. This was an entire family affair. And we got to meet this berm, which, of course, was as sweet as pie. And... What had happened was he had to give it up because his kids were going off to college, and he had his back fused, so he couldn't care for it anymore. Oh, okay. mm. So he turned it over to us, and we started using it as an ambassador, and they come in once a month just to say hi to their
0: well, that's cool. old
4: pet Aww. snake.
0: Do you ever ever know? Be like, can y'all bring a rabbit? Be like, hey, can y'all bring a rabbit when you come? Let's oh, just <laughs> yeah, help us feed this bring thing. A rabbits, God <laughs> <Right>. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: I, I just I thought that was a sweet story because the only reason they got rid of their of their animal was he couldn't move it anymore, and you know, and then to have him stop in all the time and make sure that his snake was doing well, I I don't know you don't see or hear that kind of positive shit anymore.
2: No, no. It's
4: like, so I thought I'd, you have five minutes and explain (laughs) that.
0: So you have rescue, you, you do several rescues. Uh, I'm assuming, yes, you see animals in horrible shape, but how often do you see ones that are just like obese? Just love too much.
4: Funny, funny enough that that berm is overweight. I mean, not, Not super bad, but we put it on a diet. Um, And um, what we've seen animals in some of the most disgusting situations, and a lot of times what we see is underfed. Yeah. Um, But uh, I could really share a gross story with you if you guys want to hear it. All right. I
0: haven't even so there
4: was our (laughs) sulcata that we got. Um, he's, he's 15 years old. He was owned by a paranoid schizophrenic and the young man wasn't, hadn't shown any signs of mental illness when he got the tortoise as a baby. So he raised it up. And then as he got older, his mental illness started to show and the tortoise was <laughs> kept in a, a kid's swimming pool and fed human feces. Holy shit. As it's died. Wow. Um, so, the, the, uh, the plastron of the tortoise was all eaten away from the, you know, all the bacteria and everything oh. in the feces. And uh, we got that tortoise, I'll say, up and running. And, um, and he's one of our, our star ambassadors with kids. But that tortoise was literally fed human shit for the last two years of its life before it came to us.
0: Holy crap. Oh, wow. that, that's insane. That's, uh, I had a buddy who, and the only
4: reason, Oh, go no, ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, the only reason we know is because when animal control came in there to take the tortoise, he was shitting in the baby. <laughs> oh
3: my God. <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: it's that level of animal abuse. I mean, was horrific. And it, it took time to get that tortoise to want to eat.
2: What it would naturally would. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> this stuff tastes <laughs> good. Can you There's, give me that, Can uh, you put some corn <laughs> can you put some corn in this? When yeah. uh, when I was a cop, I, I could deal with anything. Blood, vomit, urine. If there was a turd in the room, I'm done. I'm out. It's a human <laughs> shit, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I don't know what it is about human shit, but just needed a tortoise to clean it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, old Jim, the shit eating tortoise. And I think <laughs> it was because like When I was a brand new rookie, I arrested this lady and she shit in the backseat of my car and then proceeded to smear it everywhere. Wow. And (laughs) we had to have. And she
4: grew, she ended up becoming my wife.
2: Yeah, no, (laughs) no, that was the moment I knew. Not going (laughs) to. She was actually a fifth grade teacher um, who had gotten, had surgery and gotten addicted to pills. And it went off the fucking deep end. And, uh, yeah, if you start rubbing shit all over the back of a police car, stuff has gone wrong in your life. Yes. Um, Th- that's, that's definitely the that one. I mean, I couldn't get that smell of that car. We had to have a decontamination company because she was hep-, hep C positive. Oh, well, wonderful. Right. So we had to have a decontamination, crime scene decontamination company come out <laughs> and decontaminate that whole brand new patrol car. And, uh, <laughs> it just wasn't ever right again after that. <laughs>
0: That's the the new person gets that car every time. Yeah, well,
2: I was the new guy.
0: <laughs> oh, <clears throat> so talking about Jesus, uh, fat, fat or overfed animals, not shit fed animals. A buddy of mine took a, a a berm from a guy. It was we we put a tape measure on it. This male berm was eighteen foot long and around two hundred pounds. Uh, it went on a diet. It went on a on a big diet once once my friend got it and he dropped like. Like seventy five pounds at least on it, but yeah. When he first, the first time he showed it to me, like, well, that's a big old female, and he's like, that's a male, like that's a really fucking huge male. But I, I imagine underfed. Like that's one thing people don't think about overfeeding, but that is definitely an issue, especially with snakes. Oh, yeah. That's the only interaction you get with your snake is feeding.
4: It drives me. It drives me nuts uh, the amount of people that overfeed because it 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 makes me think like not that I'm smarter think about what the fuck happens in the wild. Like, Oh, a medical grade rat walks by yeah. every three days. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what fucking happens.
2: I, I was you in know, a group I, yesterday. I should
4: have said lab, laboratory grade. Death.
2: Yeah. I was in a group yesterday and somebody was talking about how their corn snake struck the mouse and killed it, but didn't eat it. And I bet 15 people asked, well, how much did the mouse weigh? <laughs> That's, those are people that own ball python. Yeah. And I'm like about that fucking much. Here you go. <laughs> it weighed as much as a fucking mouse. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, I can't do. I don't do yeah. grams. Granted. Somebody if, did ask too. Did you feed it on its normal feeding day? Oh, wow. Fucking a. Our snakes get fed whenever. I'm like, Rachel, when's the last time you fed the snakes? Okay, oh, yeah. No, our snakes weeks. get
1: fed when they're supposed uh, to. Don't even yeah. go
2: with I, uh, shit. I have rats in the fridge I probably need to feed out. Yeah.
0: They'll probably get done tomorrow. I'm not doing it tonight. Gonna watch. It's like I need to get some Jumbo I'm watch baseball when we're doing this. Uh but it's a good game. Don't tell me anything. I'm watching I it. got it recorded. I got it up on here don't the whole say time. do shit. <laughs> if it's a good game, you're probably happy because your team's winning. Don't tell me anything. Uh,
1: did they win yesterday?
2: No, they lost. I thought so. Oh, oh, oh. Go Braves. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick you in the dick. I'm going to kick you in the dick. Did it. you know saying
0: that. you'll kick somebody in the dick on Facebook will get you kicked off for 24 hours? Telling your own wife <laughs> you'll kick her in the dick. No, it wasn't. No. Oh, I, I told Nathaniel not, Nathaniel. not Nathaniel, but other... Uh, It was a different Nathaniel. Yeah. He made a joke about us having another kid. And I said, if we have another kid, I'm going to come kick you in the dick. And I didn't write out dick. I put D and then a bunch of little symbols. Fucking Facebook took it upon themselves to be offended for him (laughs) and kick me off for 24 hours. Yep. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? You're such a dick, James. Don't say dick. They'll kick you off of Facebook for 24 hours. Actually, take the back. That was because also about two months ago, I... There was a post that said, how can you scare someone with five words or whatever, or four words, whatever it was. And it said, Christians are related to monkeys. And that also apparently upset Facebook as well. <laughs> so... Is our guest still here? He's still here. He's listening to me bitch about Facebook. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Facebook. <laughs> uh, <sighs> there was something I wanted to ask him, and I put off on that rant, and then we talked about baseball, and then I forgot. Oh, I know what it is. So your record-keeping. I saw in one video, because you do, because of different clients and all you have to keep insane records on your animals Talk about having to measure food and all, but you have to keep records like shed, clean, feeding, feeding everything. Right.
4: Yeah, correct. That's. And then if there's like, if there's like necropsy data, anything like that, you know, um, but it just helps us because it, it takes out the human, you know, element of, Oh, did we feed that rack? When did we last feed that rack worth of snakes? Blah, 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 blah. We can just go to the computer and boom, boom, boom. All right, they were fed on this date. This snake rejected a prey item. You know, this snake was opaque at the time that we went to feed. We can see all of that data. And that's important because when you build a batch of venom, you know, um, you're extracting multiple days and things like that to build up your batch. And, you know, we need, if there's some weird bacteria that ends up in the venom, anything like that. We need to be able to trace back from that batch where something went wrong.
0: Hmm. Oh, I thought of a few questions I had, actually. So speaking of that, how long is that venom good for before you go through the whole dehydration process to turn it into powder?
4: It starts deteriorating the minute it leaves the snake's glint.
0: Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That's quick.
4: So it, it can actually, yeah, it can actually really turn bad very quickly. Um, it's... Uh, and, and it just depends, you know, ambient temperature, the temperature of the glass, et cetera. But typically we we try to get through our snakes quickly, like you had mentioned earlier. You saw how quick we try to work through them. Mm. And then we flash freeze that venom until we're ready to work with it again.
0: Oh, cool. I, so another thing I had wondered. So so many of the snakes that you, you've got have got hemotoxic venom. And we know that the hemotoxic venom also helps break down food prior to swallowing and digesting. Do you notice any difference in, this is going to be a weird one, but in the poop of snakes that have been milked versus snakes that have not been milked? Like, uh, does it not break down as much or anything like that? Uh,
4: I've never noticed anything about
0: it. I just always wonder how much much of the digestion is done from the venom and if they're being milked and they don't have as much venom or whatever. I don't, just wondered. Science. No,
4: unfortunately, I can't. Tell you anything about
0: that. You can't tell me about snake poop. What the hell do we have you on here for? <laughs> I
4: know.
0: I, I can tell you, you you might be able to feed it to a tortoise. I know I know a tortoise. Although it doesn't surprise me that they fed yeah. that this guy fed his Too shit soon, to the tortoise. Too
3: soon.
0: <laughs> it doesn't surprise me after I've seen my tortoises want to eat dog shit. They love eating dog shit. I'm like, stop eating dog shit. Yes, they
4: do. Yeah, them, it's pretty gross.
0: I love when people post on tortoise pages like, "My tortoise ate dog shit." All right, welcome to the club.
2: What the fuck do you want? You're, you're good. <laughs> Sean good. just posted a video of him trying to get Kona in her house and at night. Big ass Aldabra? Yeah, it's funny. I saw someone post on a
0: group of the other day. I was like, "How do I get the green stuff off of my tortoise?" Quit feeding it. I don't know. T- they they turn their mouths turn green, unless they're like growing algae somehow on the damn tortoise, and that's a completely different issue.
3: Brush its teeth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get it to gargle with mouthwash. If you just feed it shit, it won't get a green stain on its mouth, unless it's baby. Exactly. Sh- unless it's baby exactly. shit. Exactly. So, <coughs> all right, y'all have any more we questions? Really took a turn to. The I know shit. It, it, it's kind of our theme. Yeah, it shit doesn't. or dicks. We're gonna go one way or the other. Got any Sometimes good dick stories? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any good? Any other questions? Nope. No. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I was full of questions. Okay.
1: You asked some of the questions I was thinking, so. Do
0: it. Good. <laughs> I'm better than you. Wait, what? Thank
1: <laughs> you.
0: Nathaniel, I want to say thank you for coming on. If people want to get in touch with you, find out, come by and visit, because you do have that whole like little zoo type area there. What is the best way they can yep. do all that?
4: You can uh, you can email me at Nate at or get us on Instagram or Facebook.
0: And like I said, there's go to YouTube. There's uh, Dave Coffin's been there. Emily's been there. Several other people have been there. Check it out. Uh, you definitely should go by in person and, and see the the setups are awesome. It's a I remember seeing Dave's video like a year and a half ago when it first opened. Yeah,
2: I had Rachel watch it today.
0: Yeah, the video it's it looks great. <coughs> no, Tracy. <laughs> um, Robert, if you want to get a hold of you, just tell him to send smoke signals or something. Sure, Lone Star Reptile Racks. Hey, if you've got a uh, a whole closet full of PVC, send it this way. Yeah, anybody that's just sitting on giant stacks. I should have PVC.
2: A shitload of it in about two weeks. Why are we back on shit again? <laughs> a crap ton. That's that tortoise ate a crap ton.
3: <clears throat>
2: a metric
0: <laughs> metric shit ton. A, a metric a metric <laughs> shit ton. Fuck ton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's more, a metric shit ton or a metric fuck tongue? Fuck ton. Fuck tongue. Oh, no, that's different. Tongue. That's an ass ton, an ass ton. That's that's a small amount. That's not as much. Is that less metric shit ton is more than an ass ton, but I think a fuck ton is more than a shit ton.
1: Say a fuck ton's probably fuck, fuck
0: tons a lot. Ton, yeah. These are metric units, people. You can't argue with science. <laughs> anyways, if you want to get God, let's get off the shit. Here we go. If you want to get a hold of me, it is simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook. Oh, I did want to mention one thing mm. uh, before I go. Uh, fucking Max sending me shit. He knows I'm doing a podcast. Um, the NPR Morelia Python radio is having a live episode tomorrow. It is their 10th anniversary of that podcast. Um, it's a great podcast. Been around for 10 years. They're kind of the one reptile podcast that started and then just never stopped as along with the other 5 trillion ones that started and stopped about two months into it. Uh, so if you're not doing anything tomorrow night, go watch the NPR live podcast. Um, also, one thing I wanted to mention, a lot of the podcasts have Patreons. I, we have a Patreon. Uh not, not throwing that out there because I want money, but I do want money. But if you listen to podcasts, understand that most of the podcast people out there aren't making money off of this. We're, we kind of just do it. Um, and if you enjoy listening to a podcast every week and they have a Patreon, give like $3 a month to them. It'll help them out. I'm not saying give it to me, but if you want to give it to me, feel free. But... You pay for cable. So you can watch cable. You pay for satellite. You pay for internet. So you can do all these things. Help out the folks putting out the stuff you're actually listening to. And, and if you enjoy it, give them a little bit. You don't have to give them a ton, but every little bit helps because it's not cheap to do this stuff all the time. I mean, we just switched over to a whole new server uh, because we hopefully will be adding a few more podcasts soon. Yeah. Rachel. Uh, so yeah, that was just my kind of my PSA for all podcasters. Help them out. Join the Patreon. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we are The Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com and on Patreon. Uh, don't forget to go to our monthly giveaway. I forgot to mention our monthly giveaway. We had a lot of people join the giveaway last week after I bitched y'all for not doing it. That's awesome. <clears throat> but it is being given away by Venom Life Gear. They're giving away that Venom Life Mandala that I'm still pissed off I can't win. And $50 on anything on their website. And they have a bathing suit. So you can buy a bathing suit if you want a Venom Life Gear bathing suit.
1: The a great jacket.
0: I think they have a, they have like a get uh, you a two piece bikini. They have, that is a nice jacket. Did, jacket.
4: did Brent? Did Brent model that bikini?
0: No, thank God. If he did, no one would, he would buy have that. We asked him. Oh, no. They no, have no, no, no,
1: Should definitely.
4: <laughs> ask. It was
0: bad enough to see him in those tight ass uh,
1: snake pants,
0: snake leggings at two Conros ago. That was hilarious. That he then <laughs> auctioned off and JT bought. No. No, Blake. Blake Wilson. Blake Wilson bought. Them. That's even yeah. worse. There's no telling what Blake did with those things. Anyways. That is it for our show. Nathaniel, if you'll hang around, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back next Wednesday, and then after that, hopefully we'll go back to Tuesdays. But next Wednesday, after kids quit ruining our lives, we'll be back on Tuesdays. Goodbye. Goodbye.